Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where I have a really old ring to talk about this week. I'm Void. I'm here without my co-host, Beige. Uh, it's another week where I'm still fighting off this cold. So again, I think I have 10, 15 minutes maybe of my voice holding out before I start coughing again. I'm hoping to be better again soon so we can get back to normal episodes. But I did want to drop some thoughts about Elden Ring because I've mostly been playing that for the last week, especially while I've been homesick with this cold. Um, it's really, it's a really interesting game. Uh, it's definitely a Souls game. So, you know, the Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Demon Souls, that lineage. Um, just so you know where I'm coming to it from, uh, my Souls experience is I played Dark Souls 1 maybe an hour, maybe, maybe two. Um, bounced off of it, never made it far at all in that game. Played, skipped Dark Souls 2 and 3. Um, I played Bloodborne because it was supposed to be different. And I played that one for, I don't know, maybe three-ish hours, uh, maybe a little bit more. I don't know if I ever made it past the first boss. Um, I played Sekiro and I made it past maybe a boss or two, but I bounced after, a, you know, another handful of hours there. And then the Demon Souls remake that I played last year is the first time that I was able to actually like latch on to this style of game and really get the core idea behind it and have it click in my mind. And so I didn't beat Demon Souls, but I put in a good like 15 hours there. Um, and I was like, okay, I think I finally get it. I see what people like about this and I understand the structure. Um, but eventually I stalled out because, you know, it's very level based. You can go down a couple different tracks for levels, but once you get stalled out in all of them, you're kind of stuck. And that's what happened to me. So that's just background. That's kind of what I did before Elden Ring. Um, I did carry forward just because I had that little bit of experience. Um, the most success I ever had in a Souls game was when I used like a sword in one hand and a shield in the other. So that's what I started out doing with my character in Elden Ring, and I'm still doing that at the moment. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of thoughts about the magic system or the ranged combat, but I've been talking to people playing those, and it seems like there's a lot of variety there if you're looking for it. So the thing about Elden Ring is I don't really know how I feel about it, which is weird because I am... 18 hours into the game maybe 19 or close to 20 it's it's getting close to 20 um and it's it's so interesting it's a really interesting open world to explore and i can already tell that i like elden ring more than i've ever liked any souls game before um it's never been this fascinating for me where I keep wanting to go back for play session after play session the way I'm doing with this game in the last week. Um, and I've, I've played it more than any other Souls game, right? Like I mentioned up top, um, the Demon Souls remake, I think I got about 15 hours into that game. And as of last night, I was somewhere a little bit above 18 hours in this game um, in Elden Ring. So yeah, more than any other Souls game that I've played. And one of the weird things for me is I've played 18 hours and I don't know how I feel about this game. Um, I know that I am very guilty of playing a game for 10 to 30 minutes and being like, okay, I get it. And I put it down and I never go back to it because I've played so many games over time that I can easily classify them in my head and just kind of like, oh, okay, I see what kind of game that is. I'm not in the mood for it. I'm done with it. Um, this game, I, I haven't been able to do that. I And a lot of this is like me just going back and like, pushing at it, prodding at it, scratching at it, like trying to understand what this game is because it's not quite like anything else I've played before, even though it is like other things I've played before. Um, but it's also something new. And the world here is just massive. Um, I kept thinking that like, you know, I would push into new areas, I'd open up some more of the map and I would think, okay, now I'm seeing the full size of the map because um, there's a lot here. And then I would unlock a new area and go, okay, wait, wow, there's a lot more here than I thought. And so the other night and I, I went and I looked up a full map of the whole game when there's no fog of war on it. And I was astounded by how giant the map is in this game and how big of a world they've created. Like, I have so much further to go than I thought. Um, 
which is a little intimidating and kind of like, do you want to get invested in this? But also kind of amazing that like, oh, there's so much ahead of me to explore if I want to. I will say like the biggest difference compared to the other Souls games that I've played is that like I talked about with Demon Souls, where, you know, there were a couple different, like, paths you could go down, but if you stalled out on all of them, you're just stalled out. Like, you're hard stopped on the game. You just feel like you're blocked, and you're, like, banging your head against a wall. And that's where I would always bounce off of all of the other Souls games, Bloodborne, Sekiro, all those things. Um, I would get to a point where I just couldn't make any progress, and I was like, well, I guess this game is done for me. And in Elden Ring, anytime you get stalled out with a boss or an encounter this is an open world and so you can just turn around and go somewhere else and it seems like such as a minor difference there where it's not levels it's an open world and so you always have the ability to just like turn around and go a different direction but it makes all of the difference and it's like if if you ever start to feel your frustration mounting it's like well i'll just come back to this later like i'll take this on when i have more experience or when i've leveled up some more or i have some different gear um there's no reason not to just pick another direction and go there especially because um there's a lot of fast travel options in this game um there's only one i shouldn't say options there's a lot of fast travel points um for the one kind of fast travel that they have and so that's nice so once you unlock an area of the map and you get the fast travel points you can always just go back there anytime that you're not in combat it's really easy to kind of zip around the map and be like oh i haven't actually explored this corner of this island uh where i've kind of been before but i don't know if i've ever been in this specific part i'm just gonna teleport really close to that and then go explore that direction um and i've been doing a lot of that too but at the same time it's still a souls game like it's it's hard right it does put up brick walls especially if you aren't a series veteran which i'm not i wouldn't consider myself that even close to that and so the first time you get to like there's a lot of bosses in this game and a lot of like um side dungeons and things you can find in the open world and open world bosses too and anytime there's like a boss there it gives you a big health meter on the bottom of the screen um but there are some that are like you can tell they're the real main bosses of the game because there's like a whole cutscene. there's like a whole dungeon around them there's they're just another level right um another level of difficulty and so when you run into the first one of those it is like a brick wall like it throws that up in front of you and it's kind of telling you without telling you which is a lot of what this game does but it's letting you know that like you can go somewhere else and do something else um you don't have to keep bashing your head against this guy like there's a whole open world out there turn around and go explore it for a while um but you know it's not easy it's it's difficult and it's obtuse and the systems here are not user-friendly at all nothing is ever spelled out for you um they just don't explain things and so the first probably 10 hours with this game I had most of my frustration was coming from that and not the difficulty. It was that I would pick up items and have no context for what this is or talk to somebody and they would say a bunch of proper nouns that I have no idea what they're talking about. Or I would go in a direction and I would stall out because it's like, okay, there's a puzzle here or a key I need or an item or like something that I don't know that I'm just missing the pieces. And for a while that was frustration and now i've been playing enough of it that i think that it's actually one of the game's strengths it's really weird because there are some things i wish they did from like a user experience standpoint and a ui standpoint for that matter to just explain things to players but there's also an aspect of the world being mysterious and unexplained and so 
that's the thing is I wish they explained some of their systems better and they, they made them easier to interact with, but I'm actually coming around to the fact that the world itself is not explained that well because it gives you this sense of wonder that I haven't gotten in many other games in a really long time. And I do think that Elden Ring is doing a lot to kind of redefine open world games, um, even though bits and pieces of it, like you could, I could tell you that this is kind of like Breath of the Wild, uh, via a souls game and you're not that far off right like you mix and match those two and you kind of get to this game but it's different like there's something new here this is a new twist on open world and especially coming off of something like horizon zero dawn which i just beat the other week which is a map game right where i know i talked about that but just as a reminder a map game is something i would consider like you keep unlocking parts of the map and it just fills with icons there's icons everywhere there's so many things to do and so many side missions and so much content and you just zoom out and it's just icons everywhere and you zoom in and there's icons everywhere and it's like okay there's a million things to do here and it's not that there aren't a million things to do in this game. It's that there are no icons. There is no quest log. Um, you just have to go explore and talk to people and think about things. And, you know, somebody, an NPC says something kind of vaguely about this other thing. You go, huh, I wonder if I can go find that. Or I wonder if I've encountered something else that touches on that. Um, or I'll have to remember that for later when I find a certain item. And because there's no quest log, because there's there's a map, but there's not a million icons on the map, literally the only icons that show up on the map are basically, I, there, there's a couple like ruin, like, um, I guess you would say like key things for like a ruin or like a church or like, you know, a couple things like that. They're not activities. They're just landmarks. Landmarks is probably the best way to put it. Outside of those landmarks that show up on the map, the only other thing that shows up on the map are the fast travel points. So you don't have this map getting cluttered with so many icons where you feel like they're there's just like too much to do. Um, and the game wants you to do everything because that's not what this game is doing. You know, and like I said, coming off of Horizon Zero Dawn right onto this, it was really interesting because in that game, I felt like I was always using the focus, which is kind of like other games have called it detective mode, but something that just like highlights the relevant points of interest around you at a given moment. And Elden Ring has nothing like that. There's no pinging the map. There's no detective mode. There's no, like, give me something that makes everything jump out that's important. Um, when I'm going in, into, like, a dungeon or a catacomb or I'm just wandering the open world through a swamp or a forest or whatever, I find myself looking around and exploring like I would if I was in real life in one of these places. Um, if things get too dark, I can't just flip into like detective mode to see the important things. I actually have to pull out a torch or like get out a lantern. Um, and it creates friction, but it's interesting friction. And again, it just gives this sense of like discovery and mystery to the world and a sense of, I don't know, a sense of place that's missing from a lot of open world games. Um, and <laughs> so what I keep coming back to is am I having fun with Elden Ring? I don't know. Like, I legitimately don't know if I think this game is fun or not. But I'm very interested in this game. And at the end of the day, the question, you know, is always like, do I want to sit down and do another play session of the game that I'm working on? Or am I ready to go to the next thing? And I keep coming back to Elden Ring. I want to play more of it at the end of the day. I want to see what's next. And I don't know if it's fun in the typical sense, but it's interesting and 
it's fascinating and there's friction in the world, but I'm kind of enjoying the experience of pushing against that and eventually breaking through. Um, it's giving me something that other games are not typically giving me. And I'm really finding myself needing to change my mindset of what a play session is when I'm playing this game compared to any other game out there. Um, so the fact that I want to play it and that I'm fascinated by it is really interesting. I don't know if I'm going to bounce off this game eventually or not. Um, I think at this point, I wouldn't call it bouncing off because I've put in almost 20 hours, right? I would say, I don't know if I'm going to put this game down before I finish it or if I'm going to stick with it till the end. That might be the better way to think about it because at like the three to six hour mark, I almost bounced off. I was almost like, I don't get it. The game's not explaining anything. I don't understand what's going on. I'm really frustrated. The enemies are hard. I might just give up. And I came back the next day and I pushed through a little bit. And then I came back the day after that and I pushed through a little bit. And now closer to 20 hours in, I, I want to keep going back. I want to keep going back to this game. Um, and I don't know how long that feeling will last. But yeah, I just, you know, I had to get some thoughts out here this week while it was fresh. And I'm in this particular point of my journey with it because I feel like another week or two, I will solidly land in some kind of camp of like, okay, I love this game and it's amazing and I'm going to try to finish it. Or, okay, I saw what there was to see. I think I'm done. I'm putting it down. But as of right now, it's fascinating that I could put this much time into a game and still kind of be undecided about it. And that's not really a perspective I've heard out there. And I listen to a lot of gaming podcasts and read a lot of gaming news. So I thought I would throw this out there for those of you that are like me who are thinking, should I even pick up this game? Like, I don't really play Souls games. Uh, what's in it? What's in this one? What makes it different? What's interesting? So hopefully I gave you a little bit of a taste of that here. Don't forget, uh, we are part of a network. We have podcasts. We have streamers. We have the Geek to Geek Media blog. All that and more at geek2geekmedia.com or go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe to get it sent to you. You can also join the Patreon at patreon.com slash geek2geekcast. All right, I think I have a couple more minutes of my voice. I feel it's starting to get a little bit mad at me, but I will throw in a quick little bit of geekery here. So one of the things I did over the holiday break that I still haven't got around to talking about on the podcast is I finished the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, um, which really for me meant finishing Mass Effect 3. Uh, when the Legendary Edition came out, I played 1 and 2 right away back to back, and I was like, okay, I'm starting to burn out. I need to set this down. And so I went back over my holiday break, picked up that save that had gone through Mass Effect 1 and 2 already, and then I played through Mass Effect 3 in the Legendary Edition. Um, and it was really nice. It was nice to get the conclusion to the story. And, you know, Mass Effect 3, it lets you revisit all the characters and all the relationships that you've experienced. It's a it's a really nice way to, like, end a series, even if it doesn't totally stick the actual landing of the final story, you know, the last hour or two. Everything up to that point is such a nice, like, a revisit of the characters and settings and consequences that you cared about up until now. Um, the other thing in Mass Effect 3 that I liked a lot was that all the DLC is here because it's the Legendary Edition, and the Citadel DLC specifically is really good, and I'm super glad I got to play it. It is a DLC that wasn't out and wasn't available when the game first launched, so I'd never played it before. Um, but it gave it gives you a chance to like just hang out with all of the people that you've uh, joined up with and like partied up with over the course of the series, and in a way where it's a different setting, it's not on the ship, you know, um, and you get to just kind of hang out with all of your friends again, that feels like almost the true ending of the game. And it's also funny without being too in your face about it. It's self-referential back to the earlier games. Um, it really pays off a lot of these relationships in a way that the main story doesn't. And it's almost weird to me that like this is side content because the Citadel DLC was almost more impactful than the actual ending of the mass effect trilogy going back to it so yeah i'm 
I enjoyed it a lot. This is one that can't make my game of the year because this was definitely a last year thing. Uh, but I did want to bring it up because if you haven't played Mass Effect Legendary Edition, it's really good. And it's also, I think, on Game Pass right now. So if you're interested in picking it up and you already have Game Pass, there's no reason not to check it out because you're already getting it. That's probably it for today. You can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links there. Uh, I blog at agreenmushroom.com or you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. Uh, BJ is on Twitter at Professor Beach and he's on the Dragon Quest FM podcast as well. We've been... Well, I've been void without beach this week, but again, hopefully we'll get back to normal soon. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. When toxic culture has you down, when you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu.